Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God from our Old Testament reading in 2 Chronicles 28. So the armed men left the captives and the spoil before the princes and all the assembly. And the men who had been mentioned by name rose and took the captives, and with the spoil they clothed all who were naked among them. They clothed them, gave them sandals, provided them with food and drink, and anointed them. And carrying all the feeble among them on donkeys, they brought them to their kinsfolk at Jericho, the city of palm trees. Then they returned to Samaria. This is God's word. Oh, we've been, for the past church year, focusing on our Old Testament readings each week and often using that to lead us into the gospel for that week. But I actually want to start with the gospel this morning. It's a well-known reading. It should be somewhat familiar to each and every one of you if you have a little bit of biblical literacy. We call this text in Luke chapter 10 this parable that Jesus tells to a lawyer who wants to try to justify himself and paint himself as one who keeps God's law. Jesus tells a parable that we call the parable of the good Samaritan. Now, there are often things we say and ways we describe things that we don't often stop to think about. I want you to notice, at no point in the gospel does Jesus call the Samaritan good. Or does Luke refer to him as the good Samaritan? That's something that the church has done throughout its history. We refer to this Samaritan as the good Samaritan. And there's good reason to call him good. Why? Because he regards his neighbor as Jesus says we ought to regard our neighbor. And because we're a little bit removed, well, we're actually about 2,000 years removed from the lives of Jews and Samaritans living together with one another... We may not understand just how unlikely it is that the Samaritan is the one who stops to help a bleeding, wounded, dying man on the side of the road. The priest doesn't stop. The Levite doesn't stop. A Samaritan does. And this is not just good. It's extraordinary. Now, It's a little hard to understand today that dynamic between Jews and Samaritans. And our Old Testament reading kind of helps us get a little bit of that background. You see, Jews and Samaritans actually all shared a common ancestor in their father Abraham. And in Isaac. And in Jacob. They were all descendants of Israel as it was known in the Old Testament. But of course, Israel in the Old Testament, I mean, we think we're a divided nation. And we are. We got nothing on Israel. They legit went to war with one another. They divided into two nations. Instead of one king ruling over one nation, they had two One ruling over ten tribes in the north, that was called Israel. And one ruling over two tribes in the south, that was called Judah. 
And so in the Old Testament, when they went to war with one another, Second Chronicles tells us that the people of Israel, the northern tribes, took 200,000 captive of their relatives, their family. They had gone to war with their family, put some of their family to death, taken many of them captive, and were ready to make them their slaves. And a prophet of the Lord named Oded comes on the scene and reminds Israel, the northern ten tribes, you have your own sin as well. God has judged Judah. But now do not think you're going to act and pour out your wrath on the people of Judah or I will pour out my wrath on you. So we have this, this stunning turn of events in Second Chronicles 28 where the people of the north, whose capital was Samaria, we'll come back to that in a minute, they went from enslaving these people to clothing them, putting sandals on their feet, feeding them, and returning them to their kinsfolk in the city of Jericho. They go from being ready to enslave their brothers and sisters to showing kindness and compassion. Now that divide never really went away between the north and the south. The people in the north would go into exile. They would be sent out of their land. They would intermarry with all sorts of other pagan nations and worship other pagan gods. And a lot of that would happen in Judah as well. They would forget God as well and forget the right worship of God. By the time you get to Jesus, some 800 years later, the Samaritans are people, well, they have some ties to the old people of Israel, but it's long been forgotten. You now have Samaritans and Jews who regard each other as enemies. And yet they were once brothers, family, relatives. That Samaritan on the road who encounters that beaten, bloody, dying man has probably every right to leave that man to die, but instead he chooses to look on him as a brother, as family. Knowing that even someone who in this world would be regarded as his enemy should be regarded with care and compassion. That love of the Samaritan, that mercy, is not something we can easily relate to. We call this the parable of the good Samaritan. And Jesus calls the lawyer and us to go and do likewise. And we remind ourselves that we are as well to be good Samaritans. But are we? 
Are we like the good Samaritan in the parable who gives of his own riches towards the wounded man, who binds him up, tends to him himself, nurses him back to health, and provides for his care after he leaves? Or are we more like the ancient people of Israel, whose capital was Samaria, the forerunners of the Samaritans, who do good one moment, but just before that, we're ready to enslave those who we regard as our enemies. You see, we do well to learn from our readings today as we live with so much that divides us. Here in our congregation, here in our community, in our nation and in our world. So many things that set us at odds against one another. But as the parable of the Good Samaritan would remind us, and as our readings today would remind us, there is not a person you meet who is not similarly a child of the Heavenly Father as you are. Who is not likewise someone redeemed by the blood Of Jesus Christ, your Lord. There is not anyone you can meet who is not family. Sure, many of them are are prodigal sons and daughters, like in the parable of the prodigal son, who have rejected their father, who do not have faith, but they share the same Creator. And they share the same love that he gives to you today. He would pour it on them as well. We set ourselves out to be good Samaritans, but none of us can be as good of a Samaritan as the one in the parable. I titled this morning's sermon, Pretty Good Samaritans. As a reminder of, as that's about what we will be in this world. We will be Samaritans like that one in the parable. At times, we will reflect love and care and kindness and compassion to the one we meet. But at other times, we will fail and fail spectacularly. Sinful, wicked people will continue to live with sin and wickedness in their hearts and divide themselves against one another. They need to continually come back to the same one who pours out mercy perfectly. You see, the only real good Samaritan is Jesus himself. He is the one who binds us up bleeding and dying and does it by means of his own bleeding and dying. With his blood and death. He anoints us. Not with oil and wine as the Samaritan anointed the wounded man. He anoints us with waters of holy baptism. That assure us of our place as God's children. He pours out wine not on our heads or on our wounds. But into our mouths as he gives us his body and blood for the forgiveness of sins. He, the perfect, good And true Samaritan 
is the true and good and perfect brother who loves you no matter what has divided you from God, no matter what distinguishes you from Christ, no matter how great your guilt, no matter how great your shame, no matter how great your transgression, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you, washes you, and heals you. Because we, pretty good, sort of good, halfway good, often poor Samaritans, we have one great Samaritan, the only true Samaritan, our true brother, Christ our Lord, who knits us together as family. There is not a person you can encounter. I know this feels like a refrain that I've been harping on, especially for about the last two years. You know, that theme of how divided we are as a, as a people in the world today, right? Gosh, you get kind of sick of thinking about it and talking about it. I know I kind of do, but it's just, it's just there. You know, the events of our news the past week, it continues. We see us divided against one another and the animosity. But I want you to hear these words of Jesus, of the Good Samaritan. And I want you to go about your lives this week knowing there is not a person you will meet, a person you will encounter, who is not someone loved by God in the blood of Christ. Who is not someone who is your brother or sister. You will not meet someone who is not worthy of being shown compassion. Even if that person you're looking at is the one in the mirror. Because you are worthy of compassion. You are worthy of the love of the great Samaritan. Because you are loved by your father and his son, your brother, is the one who perfectly keeps the commands, love God and love neighbor, and does it for your healing. So go from this place today healed with the good news of healing going with you out the door. God grant that we would be medics for him in the world as we go out. As not great Samaritans, as not truly good Samaritans as Christ, but at the very least bearing the love he has shown us and showing it to others that they would know Christ, their brother. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.